Hello, and welcome to Heartline Ministries, a one-hour televised program and audio podcast where we take the timeless truth of Scripture and apply it to hearts and lives in the 21st century. Well, once again, we want to thank you so much for tuning into Hotline Ministry. I'm Pastor Hellenoids, pastor of the Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont. Alongside is my co-host, Pastor Timothy Golden. He's pastor of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire. Now, before we get going into our Bible study, which is going to continue in Galatians chapter 5, um, the co-founder of this program, which happened back in 2013, uh, Pastor Sherman Stevens, he's my spiritual father, he's the man who led me to the Lord. Um, he and I founded this, this uh, program, well Pastor Sherm has now gone home to be with the Lord about a week ago. And Colin has put together some videos of Pastor Sherm and I uh, at the beginning of our program. So I'm going to have Colin play a couple of videos of Pastor Sherm uh, at the outset of these programs. Hotline. Could you explain to us a little bit where you came up with that title and how you got there? That will give you uh, something for your heart. Uh, God has a special plan for every individual's heart. We have to exercise our will and say, I will follow him. I will share his airspace regardless of what it costs me. God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul, all you need is my grace. The problem was, and this is so true today, Pastor, the problem was they didn't do what they knew. Do you see the grace of God in me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes we don't manifest the most wonderful thing in all of Christianity, the grace of God. Thank you, Pastor Sherm, for sharing with us today this wonderful word of truth. Now, here we go. <laughs> Pastor Sherm, back in 1969, mm. shared a message after he had lost four daughters in a fire. Mm. They lost the daughters in um, June of 69. I came to visit his church. Actually, I've been a part of his church, but I went to, to morning worship in August of 69. He shared the gospel on Jacob's Wells. I can remember the message almost to the letter, to the word, and that was the day that I trusted Christ as my Savior. Mm. So God used Pastor Sherm to lead this man to Christ back in 69. That's a lot of years ago. And then, oh, probably around 2012, Pastor Sherm and his wife Millie came to live in our area. Uh, he was living in our second passage, and he helped me as a like a co-pastor at ccc for a number of years so he has really influenced my life he's now gone to glory and pastor sherm i'll see you someday soon amen and, sure. and what an honor and blessing that is to have the for, for the person that you got to come to know christ under mm -hmm. to be able to serve alongside right. in such a powerful way and little did sherm know back then what impact his life would have and this program would have right on not just this area i mean when you guys because my understanding is when he started this when you guys started this program he was originally looking at starting a radio program that's right we were just planning on doing a little radio broadcast that uh, you know just kind of reached the bellows falls in the immediate area we had mm -hmm. no vision of going beyond you know our mm -hmm. own little area and I remember the last time I spoke with Sherm before he got sick. And he just said, you still doing hotline ministry? I said, yes, sir, we are. Mm -hmm. And then we told him how many countries, how many cities, how many states we're in. And he just, you know, you could just hear the tremble in his heart. Mm. Say, wow, who would ever think that we'd be reaching out just by having a little vision 
of mm -hmm. touching the people in our area. So uh, certainly for Heartline Ministry, we need to thank, uh, first of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's Amen. no doubt about that. But using a man like Sherm Stevens to mm -hmm. um, influence mm -hmm. my life, our lives, my church family's life, and now certainly the world. The world. It's phenomenal. It is. Thank you, Pastor Sherm, for your faithfulness. All right. Now, if I can get through this, because, uh, you know, once again, he was a great man in my life, and I really loved him, and I love him very much. We're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 5, and two weeks ago, I don't think we had a program last week because of other things, but two weeks ago, we talked about areas in Galatians 5 that certainly were of the world. We mm -hmm. had uh, the things of the world, the works of the flesh, as Paul calls it in, in Galatians 5, starting with verse 19. And he uses envies and murders and drunkenness and revelings and such alike. And, and he goes and he gives all these negative things that we are not to do. Mm -hmm. Now in Galatians 5, 22 through the end of the chapter, verse 26, God gives us the positive things of what he does in our life. It's almost like God is saying, look, you have all these things. These were what you were, mm -hmm. such as were some of you. Yep. I'm going to replace those things with something far better, something mm -hmm. superior. And I can tell you, you know, from being a Christian for so long, that truly these fruit of the Spirit, I think there's nine fruit of the Spirit. They don't call them fruits. He calls them fruit. And to me, Tim, that is, uh, um, that is quite a statement in itself mm -hmm. where God says, look, you have now trusted my Son as your Savior. I'm going to endow in you, make alive in you, the fruit of the Spirit, which contain nine things. And we're going to mm -hmm. talk about those this morning, which have to do with love, joy, peace, and so forth. And to be honest with you, Tim, I wouldn't go back to those previous things that we've talked about. You know, the things of the flesh, the things that, that you know, so many today in our world are, are indulging, you know, or a part of, or allowing, become a part of their life. Mm -hmm. In fact, if we practice this fruit of the Spirit uh, that God is growing in us, and we fo are focused on those things, they are in direct contradiction to all of the other things. Right. So if you spend your time doing these things, the natural outcome is you won't do those other things, because you can't. Right. You know, because these other things have replaced that. You know, I was, matter of fact, this past weekend uh, in First John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, John tells us, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. Mm. And, you know, in these first group, verses 19 to 21, that's all the world. Mm -hmm. Those are those things that we put so much uh, stock in. Mm-hmm where God is saying, look, that is not to be your life. That's right. why I asked the question at, at the outset. If you were to go to court for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you of your Christianity? Mm -hmm. And I would have to say, and you know, and once again, this is, is not in judgment of anybody in particular, but I think it is in judgment of what I call the church or what I think of the church, is an awful lot of Christians would not be convicted. Mm-hmm because they are not applying, and that's a big word for Pastor, Pastor Sherm, when, you know, when he was with us, he says, application is everything. Mm -hmm. If you don't apply it, you don't put it into use, then what have you got? Nothing. Yep. And that's why we're, you know, we're gonna be talking about the fruit of the Spirit this morning, verses 22 to 26, because application is everything. Mm -hmm. Are we applying it? Will, would they be able to convict you of your Christianity because of your love, because of your joy, because mm -hmm. of your peace, because of your long-suffering, and so forth? Would they be able to convict you? Matter of fact, Tim, before we came into the studio today, we were having breakfast, and a man that we have become very acquainted with, mm -hmm. very friendly with, came over to our table, and what did he say to us? Well, he, uh, I won't get the words exactly right, but it's like, you guys are awfully happy for being a couple of Christians. Yeah, isn't that, that to me, that's a, that's a telling mm -hmm. statement that our friend made. Mm -hmm. 
you guys are too happy to be Christians. Yeah, which is a great compliment of I, I think for to us, you know, not right. not to boast in ourselves because it's only because of who God is in us that right. we're able to be that. But how sad at the same token that we were the considered almost the exception yeah. in that statement to most other people then that he came in contact with because his presupposition was a Christian shouldn't be this happy. Right, right. And, and that's sad. Hey, you know, and once again, I mean, Tim and I, neither one of us are quiet people. No. <laughs> uh, so when we laugh, everybody in the restaurant knows that uh, we've got a couple of nuts down there that are laughing because they're loud. Yeah, we know, truly are fruits of that, the spirit. That's fruit of the spirit, right? That's our fruit. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, wait a minute, if you look at the fruit of the spirit, the second one is joy. Mm-hmm. How many times, and I did not look it up in the scripture, but how many times did God use the word joy? Mm-hmm. And in fact, Jesus even says that the joy that we have is his joy. Mm-hmm. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. So with that, you and I hopefully put into practice that joy that God gave mm-hmm. us. And someone saw it and said, wait a minute. You guys, you, know, you guys are too happy to be Christians. That is a sad commentary mm-hmm. where, you know, if Christians are walking around like a bunch of sourpuss, I know you said that you were going to ask the waitress to bring us a, a bowl full of lemons for next time so that we'd be sourpusses, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I won't take any of that. <laughs> you know, that isn't what we want. And he didn't want us to be that either, and if he, I remember his, right, his comment right. after. And our friend did not want. He said, no, you guys don't need to do that. I, you know, so, so that's neat. So... Anyway, you know, to look at this, you know, we got so many Christians who are not able mm-hmm. to steadfastly say, if I were going to court for being a Christian, I would be convicted. Mm-hmm. And that is a sad commentary. It is. So what we want to do today is look here in Galatians 5, 22 to 26, and see what are the fruit or what are the characteristics of a Christian. What should be our characteristics? Mm-hmm. You know, now that doesn't mean we don't have a bad day. And that doesn't mean that sometimes things hit us wrong or whatever. No, but those should be the exception, not the rule. Right. What we're talking about in verse 22 to 26, this should be the rule of mm-hmm. our lives. Yeah. And, and as you had said with what Pastor Sherman said before, the application is key. Paul was saying the same thing because prior to even those verses 19 to 21 where it talked about all those things of the flesh, he started in 16 saying, walk in the Spirit. In verse 18, be led by the Spirit. Right. That's application. That's behavior. That's walking out um, and letting this become evident, not just to us but to everyone around us. So if you walk in the Spirit and you're led by the Spirit, then obviously you're going to show the fruit, verse nineteen, uh, verse yep. 22, of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you become saturated with it. That's it. You know, and, and that's, what, that's what needs to happen for us as believers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to open in prayer, and then I'm going to have Pastor Tim read verses 22 to 26 of Galatians chapter 5, and that's going to be the, the focal point of our discussion this morning. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you so very, very much. Once again... Lord, for the vision of Pastor Sherm, Mm -hmm. that back eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, we were able to start this program, Mm -hmm. start this show, and the far reaches of it is beyond our imagination. But Father, thank you for Sherm. Thank you for his faithfulness. Lord, I personally thank you that he was faithful in giving out the word of God that I came to know Christ, and now I'm able to serve him. Lord, there's hundreds and hundreds of other people that he has reached, and I want to thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Lord, help us today as we look at the fruit of the Spirit that you will show us this is the way we as believers are to live. Mm -hmm. These nine things should be applied in our hearts and lives every day, daily, moment by moment. So, Father, bless Tim and I, and we'll thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, Tim, want to read those, please? So starting at verse 22, but, and there's your favorite word. Yep, my favorite word. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh 
with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So from verse 16 through 26, how many times, and, and I didn't count them, but how many times did Paul make reference to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Mm. 16, walk in the Spirit. 18, led in the Spirit. 24, um, uh, 25, live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. I mean, isn't the Holy Spirit some some phenomenon that, that, you know, it's not really real? Not at all. In fact, one could say he is a person, capital Absolutely. P. Absolutely. Uh, because as you read through Scripture, you find that the things that can happen to a person can happen to him. Yep. You can grieve right. the Spirit, right? There's emotions that are involved there. You know, um, we can bring honor, you know, and so... He is a person, and again, this concept of walking in the Spirit carries with it this aspect of walking alongside. This is, or walking even in the footsteps of. And so that's all stuff that we think about, footsteps. That's what people leave. Yep. And, and so somebody that just like with Jesus, we can have a relationship with him. Right. So we have to remember, and, and one of the things that, that I think is key for us as believers, is we believe very strongly in the Trinity of God. Mm -hmm. The three persons of God. You get God yep. the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. From the time of Christ's uh, ascension, or just after his ascension, 50 days afterwards, after his ascension, he sent to us the Holy Spirit of God, mm -hmm. where he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send mm -hmm. to you my spirit mm -hmm. or the fact, comforter. Yeah, in fact, I'll send you another comforter. And the word another right. comforter there, it says one after the same kind. Right. In other words, kind of like what Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. You could say this in this way. If you've, if you've experienced the Holy Spirit, you've experienced me. So. And so. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, th I think that, that, you know, to me, you know, we as Christians need to learn that, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit is not just some mystical uh, figment of somebody's imagination. Mm -hmm. He is a real person, as you so nicely said, that that can be grieved. And I have to wonder, Tim. And I, you know, I don't want to be negative. I, I really don't want to be negative. But I have to wonder how many Christians today are living in such a way that the Holy Spirit of God is being terribly grieved. Mm -hmm. And and I look at the word grieved as being heartbroken. Mm -hmm. You know, heartbroken to the point of saying, look. I came to give you these things. I mm -hmm. came to endue you, mm -hmm. now dunama, you know, give you dynamic. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about, I came to give you dynamic love. I came to give you dynamic joy. I came to give you dynamic peace. Mm -hmm. Not just this, this trivial little, you know, no, I came to give you dynamic peace. Mm -hmm. And when, when our friend mentioned that to us, that we were too happy for Christians, wait a minute, what does that tell me? That, that tells me that I have dynamic joy. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you know, and and our friends saw that. Yep. And to me, that is real. Mm -hmm. But it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. So he's not just some mystical, you know, Halloween kind mm -hmm. of a thing. You know, he is a very real person that wants to live in us mm -hmm. and do a work in our hearts yeah. and lives. Well, and and what we see as we look through Scripture and we see his functions. You know, just as Jesus' role was not to come to bring honor to himself, Jesus' role was to come and point us to the Father. Right. Well, the Holy Spirit's role was to come and point us to Jesus. You know, and, and so his desire is, as he's walking with us, as he's leading us in all righteousness, that his desire is to not, is to point us to Christ, but it's also to bring us into more of his likeness in, in, so that we reflect Christ because that's his role. Yep. His role is always point not just us, but everybody we come in contact with to Christ. And the way he does that is by pouring the very aspects of who Christ is into us. It's not that we become Christ. It's not that we become gods. Right, exactly. But it is that we reflect him and we do so properly. And so if we don't do that, that's where the grieving comes in. Because then the, it's almost like the Holy Spirit feels like, I haven't been able to do my job with you. 
you know, and so his desire is to do that. So the Holy Spirit of God, and, and one of the neat things is, is I think we need to go back just for a second. When Jesus was walking on earth, he took on humanity. He took yep. on flesh. He took on a body, which means that he was, he was uh, stuck in a place. You know, mm -hmm. he could not be in Judea one day and, and that same day be in Galilee, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he, he was stuck in a place. Like you and I are stuck in a place, right? For the next hour, we're stuck here. Mm -hmm. Where you know this is where we are. We can't be all. So we over don't the place. feel being with you is being That's stuck. Right. But That's right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just as an illustration, you know, we we, are, we you know this is where we are. You know, I mean, my body is not in Athens. Yours is in mm -hmm. Charlestown. You know, this is where we are. So what he did, what Jesus did, is said, okay, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to go be with my Father. Mm -hmm. But I'm now going to go send to you the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. which is not in bodily form. Right. Which is not having to be in a stationary place, but that this Holy Spirit can now be any place, every place, at one time. Yep. And therefore, God can be working here in Bellows Falls, Vermont, for example, as well as in Athens, Greece, or as well as in, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Afghanistan, wherever. You know, he, he can be in all these places at one time. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, the Holy Spirit of God is just not stuck in one place. Mm -hmm. He's... He's able to be all over the place at one time, and to me, that's a that's a great phenomenon of the, mm -hmm. of the scriptures. Yeah, you know, and something we'll never us. ever be able to truly comprehend. Right. I mean, we can understand the concept behind it, but to truly comprehend that is mind blowing. Yep. I mean, how how I, even though he is those things, how? Yeah, you know, and we don't know. Someday we will. You know, yep. I think that's a little bit of what Paul was referring to in First Corinthians, that now we know in part, we prophesy right. in part, we know this to be true, we don't know how it fully unfolds, but it, it is true. Because we've seen it. Yeah. You know, you and I, you know, your, your worship services start at 9.30 on a Sunday, ours start at 11, but yours is still going when ours is yep. beginning. But you know what? We sense the Holy Spirit in our presence just as much as you do right. where you are, despite the crossover. Well, how's that possible? It's Him. Yep. Yeah. It's all Him. Yeah. You know, before, you know, and, and I know you do this too, and I would hope that all pastors do this, but, but before even our worship services, I go down with a group of my men, mm -hmm. and we have prayer. And one of my men specifically, um, I think without it, without any exception every single sunday says and father be with us here at ccc but your church all around the world mm -hmm. be with them now there may be some that are just finishing when we when mm -hmm. we get started or or some maybe just be starting at the same time lord be with them all yeah. just and do empower each pastor each speaker mm -hmm. each missionary each one who's speaking you and do them all mm -hmm. how can you do that unless he be the spirit That's right. of God. So therefore, he does this to his church, mm -hmm. and, and it says, but the fruit. So the but refers back to these things you don't want to do, and that is the idolatry and witchcraft and hatred and variance and, and so forth, adultery, fornication, up in verse 19. You know, these are things you don't want to do. However, let me give you a list of things that you do want, mm -hmm. okay? So he goes, that's what and I like and, about the yeah, word but. Can I just say in reference to that, too, how important that is? Because how many times do we see people, and, uh, and I'm just going to use as an example, um, addictions. Yep. You know, uh, whether it be to alcohol, whether it be to drugs. Uh, how many people, over the course of the line of work that I do outside of being a pastor, um, that I have seen that have come in and that want to be free, and they break free of that stuff. But before too long, they go right back into it again. And nine times out of ten, what the result of that is, is because what they did is they cut something off, but they didn't. But it was doing something for them. It was doing something in them, and they didn't replace it with something healthier, right. something constructive. And so by not replacing it, what they did is they gravitated back to what they knew. And, and that's a little bit of what he's talking about here is, look, this is what's in you. This is your nature. This is your sin nature stuff, that stuff in 19 through 21. Get rid of that. But as you get rid of that, now here's what you want to put in its place. Because if you don't, what's going to happen is you're going to gravitate right back to all that stuff, whether you know Jesus or not. 
Right. So what I'm going to do, what, what I have to do, or what we need to do, is you need to fill that void that is now mm -hmm. being left by getting rid of these sins of 19 through 21. Mm -hmm. Now you need to fill that void with something even greater. Yes. And that's why I think Paul is so specific in saying, but the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And remember, it has to be of the Spirit. If you're trying to do it, it of, do it of yourself, it isn't going to work. Right. One of the statements that I made last Sunday in our church is love does not bring us to God. God is what causes us to love. That's right. And, you know, so many people say, well, I'm going to learn how to love so that I can get closer to God. No. Mm-hmm. You need to come to know God so that you know how to love. Right. Because that's who he is. That's it. And, and, you know, and it's the same thing with all of these. I can't produce joy on my own. If mm -hmm. I produce joy on my own, how long is that going to last? Mm -hmm. Until the next problem. Mm -hmm. Until the next thing that seems to devastate me and then my joy is. And, and I think that that's why so many, sometimes we have, we have um, so many problems, even amongst Christians, because they're trying to do it in the flesh and not do it in the spirit. Mm. And there's a big difference. You do it in the flesh, it's going to fail you every time. You do it in the spirit, then you're going to have victory. Mm -hmm. and, and so Paul is, I think, very careful in saying to us in verse 22, but the fruit, all nine of these things, how, much, how many do we have in our life? We have all nine of them. Mm -hmm. All right. God doesn't say, okay, you've conquered love, so now I'm going to give you joy. And you've conquered joy, so now I'm going to give you peace. Mm -hmm. You've conquered peace. No, no, no. That isn't what he's saying. He said, wait a minute. I'm going to give you all nine of these now. Mm -hmm. Put them into practice. Yep. They all make up the whole picture. The, 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 the picture I kind of get as I read through this is kind of like going to the grocery store. Yep. You know, you go onto the grocery shelves and you pick up any box of anything or a can of something and, and you begin to read through the list of ingredients. Now, all those ingredients make up only one thing. And that's the case here. But when you read through that list of ingredients, how are they listed? They're listed in the order of what is the greatest in them mm -hmm. all the way down through the package. They all make up the same thing. They are all required, but yet they are listed in order of importance. And you know what? I look at this and I kind of see that same thing. The very first thing he lists off here is love. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians 13 ends with what? Now abides this, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is what? Love. love. You know? And, and I look through that list and I begin to see this whole list. And, you know, I can't do those other ones. I, I, I can't master those without the love. Yep. You know? And, and you take it all the way down to the last one, self-control. Yeah. How can I have self-control if I don't have all those other things in place? Yep. Can't do it. Can't do it. You know, one of the things, and this, this is out of my sermon from 1 John 3. I just happened to have it with me. And, and I was talking about the love of God. And the greatest virtue is love. The greatest commandment is love. The greatest testimony. They will know that you are my disciples. Disciples by what? If you love one By your love. And then you have the, gro the greatest motivation mm. is your love. God's love constrains me, mm -hmm. you know. So you have the greatest motivation. And the last one, the greatest investment. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's a song we sing in our church, an old hymn, Love Lifted Me. <laughs> Just thinking of that. You know, one of, my, one of my favorite songs. And so many of us try to think that, well, it's talking about us. No, in my view, that's talking about Jesus being lifted to the cross. Mm -hmm. What put him on the cross? His great love for us. God commanded his love towards us mm. in the while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And then you take of how God even chooses to identify himself. The one word that he uses is saying God is, is love. love. That's it. That's it. So, so we have that. So now let's define these nine fruit, okay, mm -hmm. in the next 20 minutes we have or whatever it is we have. All right, let's define. First of all, you've got to walk in the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, there are certain words for love, right? You have phileo love, mm -hmm. you have eros love, which is the sexual, human kind of thing, and you have agape love, which is mm -hmm. what? God's love for us. Yep. Which love is he talking about? Agape. The agape love. You see, this is something that is separate from humanity in mm -hmm. general. You can only have this kind of love 
went when you have trusted Jesus Christ as your mm -hmm. personal Savior. That's the only time you can have it. And it's the only love of all the relational loves. There's like five of them dealing with relationships. It's the only one that doesn't require reciprocity. It's the only one that is a true decision of the will. Yep. It, it, it's a willingness. It's the, in our vernacular, it's what we mean when we stand at the altar and say, for better, for worse, for richer, yep. for poor. Yep. How can you say those things unless there's some sort of a decision? Right. Something that goes beyond yourself. And that's why the wedding vow is taken before God, because it's got to be his love that's going to keep you and allow you to be able to do those things for the long haul. And, you know, you take the other, the other loves, like the Phileo love or the Eros love mm -hmm. and so forth. You take those other loves. Those are not long-lasting. No. Those are only for the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so many today in our society, in our world, in our culture, says, Tim, I'm going to love you as long as you meet my needs. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you stop meeting my needs? Mm -hmm. There goes my right. love out the window. Mm -hmm. Where the agape love is self-sacrificing. Yeah, the, the agape love is, I don't care whether you mm -hmm. meet my needs or not. Guess what? I'm going to love you anyway. It's what we see at the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus says, I don't want to drink this cup, but Father, not what I want, what you desire. What you have. What you you know, have. That's agape love. And, and so can we as human being, beings truly have this kind of love? I mean, the agape love, God's love. No, because we're self-absorbed. No matter how much we want to say we're not, we are. We want to look out for number one. So could that be why in verses 16, 18, and now 22, for example, is that why he says it all has to be in the Spirit? Mm -hmm. Unless you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, you cannot have agape love. Right. It's an impossibility. You can't. Mm -hmm. As much as you want to try to conjure it up, guess what? Mm -hmm. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. But, favorite word, but... Because of the Holy Spirit, and because of who the Holy Spirit is, mm -hmm. by the way, God the Father is whom? He's God. God the Son is whom? He's God. God the Holy Spirit is whom? He's God. Mm -hmm. So therefore, he can do that because he's God. Mm -hmm. And therefore, he can place in us that supernatural, all the others are natural, mm -hmm. that supernatural love. Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ had for us and that God the Father had for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, we know that God the Father had that supernatural love because he's the one who sent Jesus to the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, so to me, that's a supernatural love yep. that, that is just beyond, beyond yeah. words. And it's not something that we have perf uh, completely at the moment necessarily that we get saved. We have it completely, but we don't. Yeah, and what I mean by that is it's it's, real, it's realizing that this is he calls it the fruit of the spirit. This is not the gift of the spirit. Gift of the spirits we see in uh, Romans chapter twelve. We see it in Galatians chapter five. We see them in Ephesians four. Okay, First Corinthians twelve. Yeah, First First Corinthians twelve. I'm sorry, not Romans twelve. Yep. First Corinthians twelve, and um, a couple of them are listed in Romans yep. twelve. But um, but he's not calling these gifts. See, gifts are given. Yeah, you know those things can come supernaturally, boom. You know, but the fruit of the spirit, fruit grows. But what does fruit grow from? It grows from a seed. Now, in that seed is everything that that fruit tree is going to need, though it hasn't reached its maturity yet. But it's all there. But it's got to grow. It, it, it's got to develop. And and this is what happens in the life of the believer with these things. We will have love placed within us when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit then indwells us. We then become, as Scripture says, born of the Spirit. Okay, now you're born of the Spirit, now you need to walk in the Spirit. And that's where the seed now begins to grow. And that's where we begin to see that fruit really develop. I, I have seen so many times, uh, and, and it's not necessarily with everybody, but the vast majority of time you see somebody come to the Lord and you have that opportunity to pray them through. And what's one of the first things that they do immediately after? They want to throw their arms around you. Yep. You know, there's an immediate expression of love that, that is shown in that moment. There's something that God has instilled there, you know. But over the course of time, it's going to grow. It's going to develop more if we allow it. Now, a caution is this. And once again, now, the great caution is this. Jesus goes and gives a parable. And he says, I am the vine. Mm -hmm. You are the branches. What happens if we allow ourselves to get cut off from the vine? 
you're going to die. You know, you're going to die. Right. You know, no and I mean, you prune a tree, you prune a bush, whatever the case may be, and you lay it down beside it. Guess what? That's going to wither. Mm -hmm. It's going to die. And that's what happens to us. That's, and, mm -hmm. and I think that's what ha has happened to a lot of people is they feel that, okay, I have grown this far. Now I can handle it. Okay, God, I've got this. I'm divine now. And God <laughs> says, no, you don't, right. but I will step back and I'm going to let you fall flat on your yeah. face. You know, it's like a father with, with, you know, training his child to ride a bicycle. Eventually, you got to let go of that bicycle. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to fall down, skin their knees or, or whatever. And the father goes running to him and picks them up and brushes them off. And next thing, what do you get? You got to get back on the bike, son. Yeah, mm -hmm. because you got to conquer this. Well, that's the same way it is with God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he does that with us. So the first one is, is love. And this is God's supernatural agape love that he is talking about. Mm -hmm. It is not the fleshly love, the phileo, the eros, or any of that. That is, this is God's supernatural love. And by the way, all of these fruit that you're talking about, these nine, are all supernatural. Mm -hmm. Okay? Why? <coughs> Excuse me. Because in our natural life, do we have joy? Oh, we may have happiness. Mm -hmm. But what is the difference between happiness and joy? Well, number one, happiness comes from within. Joy comes from without. You know, um, happiness is usually driven um, circumstantially. Something happens to me, I achieve something, and therefore now I feel happy. Yeah. You know, uh, joy is more than just a feeling. And, and it's not something that is determined by the exterior surroundings. It's something that actually is birthed from inside that no matter what comes, we can still feel secure and right. we can still feel anchored right. and we can still feel a sense of contentment. It's almost like being in the eye of a storm. Everything can be blown around you, but inside you just know. you feel set. You know, and, and that is and that is so true for all of us is is how many of us and, and I know I have in my life, I know you have in your life, and I hope that folks that are watching have experienced this, that even when circumstances seem not to be going your way, mm -hmm. you can still have joy. Yeah. You can still you know, what James says, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. What does that mean? When you fall into different kinds of circumstances and trials and tribulations that you look at and say, how in the world am I going to get out of this mess or, mm -hmm. or whatever, you can still have joy. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus called the cross his joy. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine being put on the cross, being placed in this horrific death Yet, it says, for the joy of the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, why? Because he knew what the outcome was going to be. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we as Christians, though, you know, with the fruit of the Spirit, we have love. Now we can have joy because we know what the outcome is. Mm -hmm. You know, I, we have a guy in my church that, that says this quite often, and it's very true. I've read the end of the book. I know how it mm -hmm. ends. Yeah. 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 Joy is very closely tied to hope. Yeah. You know, like like you said, with Jesus, it was the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. Right. It wasn't the cross was joy. It was the joy that was set before him. Well, what was set before him was that pleasing the Father. It was having us along his side yeah. for eternity. That was the joy. He had his perspective in the right place. See, the end result. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, when, when I'm counseling with, with folks who have cancer, for example, and... You know, all of those things. I mean, I've had a lot of people say to me, Pastor Noise, you're strange. You're weird. And I said, yes, I know. <laughs> but anyway, you know, but you're strange because you have stage four cancer, but you don't seem to be worried about it. You don't seem to be concerned. About it. Why? I don't have to be. I'm in a win-win situation. If I get mm -hmm. healed, which I believe I have been, but if I get healed, I'm in a win. If the Lord decides not to heal me, I'm in a win-win situation. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to have the ultimate healing, and that is to be with my Lord Jesus Christ, as Pastor Sherm is right now. Yep. You know, and to see him face to face and to be with those loved ones that have gone before me. I'm in a win-win. So if that is the case, then why shouldn't I have joy? Right. Why wouldn't I have joy? Mm -hmm. Because I can't lose. And that's the way Paul is saying, look, if you're walking in the Spirit, guess what? You're going to have this divine love mm -hmm. that God has for you, the same mm -hmm. love that God has for you. If you're going to walk in the Spirit, and you're going to be led by the Spirit, and you're going to live in the Spirit, according to these por this portion of Scripture, 
you're going to have joy. And there's something about when you're walking in the Spirit, when you're walking side by side with God, you're taking that time to really be in that relationship. You're nurturing that relationship. You're reading the Word. You're in, you're in prayer. Hard times come, and they're not fun. You know, I don't care if you're a Christian or not. They're not fun. They're, they're, they're not happy moments. Right. But there's something, if we have those things in place, it... I, I haven't seen it fail in my own life. I've seen it in your life as you've gone through the cancer. I've seen it in my dad's life when he suffered a stroke. That going through those hardest of times, there's something of God's manifest presence that is all of a sudden manifested even greater and experienced to a higher level than you ever did when everything was going great. Yeah. And so there's almost an extra abundance of joy that came because of that closeness going through those difficulties because you saw God for who he was. Let me let me share this this example and then we get to move on but you know the joy. You know so I praise God. Now once again don't get me wrong but I praise God for the time that we even had to shut down. Mm. You know and the coronavirus. And you say man you're sick. No, I had the coronavirus. Yes, I was sick. But the thing <laughs> is, is this, is, you know, sir, I praise God for it. You know why? It drew me closer to the Lord. Mm. It meant that I had to lay aside those things that would be my normal everyday activities, mm -hmm. visiting people and working and doing the different things. I had to set those things aside, which meant that I had more time to do something else. And that time was able, I was able to spend more time in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. I was able to spend more time in prayer. I was in, to spend more time doing those things that really I should have been doing anyway, mm -hmm. more and more of. And it brought me closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, and my cancer did that to me. Um, the coronavirus did that to me. Why? Because now, wait a minute, God kind of took me off and said, here, I'm going to put you on the shelf for a minute because I have some things I want to show you. I have mm -hmm. some things I want you to learn, which will draw you ever closer to me. Mm. And therefore, I can do this in joy. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's, it's bringing me ever closer to the Lord Jesus right. Christ. And, and that's what Paul, I think, is talking about. So we have love, which is the agape love. We have joy, which is an eternal joy, not a temporary happiness. Mm -hmm. Big difference in the two. And I love this one, peace. Mm. You know something? How is it that we as Christians can face death? Knowing, I mean, everybody's going to die, unless the rapture happens, right? Everybody's going to die. And how is it that we as Christians, we can face it differently than those who have no hope? Mm -hmm. And doesn't Paul say that um, we do not have to suffer as those who have no hope, but right. the joy that is ours through Christ Jesus? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Why? Because I can have peace. Mm -hmm. John said, uh, Paul says in... Uh, no, I'm sorry. John says in John 14, 27, my peace I give it to you. Not the peace that the world gives do I give unto you. Right. So let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because we have his peace. Mm -hmm. And his peace is eternal. Mm -hmm. You know, um, another phrase, the peace that passes all understanding. What mm -hmm. does that mean? means I can't, I can't begin to even explain it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like when people fall, when you get two people that fall in love. I don't know if, I, I remember as a kid, you know, you'd see these people that decide, oh, I'm going to get married. And I remember having that question, how do you know that you love that person? And, and you go up and you, and you actually, if, there, if you ever had the nerve to ask somebody that question, which I did, I always hated their answer because their answer was always this, you'll just know. Yeah, you know because you know. That's right. It. And, and it's kind of that same thing when it comes to this peace that passes all understanding. We can't begin to explain it. The only way you're ever going to know it, though, is this. Finding yourself in a situation where you should not be at peace, but yet somehow you are. Yep. yep. Somehow you feel safe. Somehow you feel satiated. You know, think about like after a good Thanksgiving meal, before you've eaten those last few bites, <laughs> you know, when you overstuff yourself. But that feeling of, oh, oh, that was a good meal. Yeah. You know, and it, it's just that aspect in our lives where you're able to just kind of just sit back and think life is good. Yeah. You know, life might not look good, but, you know, because Jesus is, my, is in my life and no matter what comes, I know he's got me. Life is good. And that's why Paul 
It was because this kind of peace that when he wrote his final letter, as he knew he was going to be let off to be executed and beheaded, that he was able to write these incredible words. You know, I have fought the good fight. I've run the race. I've kept the faith. You can really hear the sense of peace. It, there, there was no woe is me. Yeah. There's no woe is me in this. Yeah. It was, yeah, I, I'm not dumb. I know what's about ready to come, but, you know, it's all good. You know, so many people ask, you know, ask the question, why is it when the soldiers came to get Jesus in the garden and now to carry him away to go through this mock trial and all of this stuff, now Peter's first inclination was what? He drew the sword and cut off Malta's ear. Well, what does Jesus say? Well, he deserved that. Let him go earless, right? No, Jesus bent over, picked up the ear, placed it back on Malta's head. I can imagine what Malta thought. Mm. Whoa, what just happened to me? You know, I, I yeah. was earless and now I got my ear back. You know, but what did Jesus say to Peter? Peter, put the sword up. Yeah. You know, and he went and he did not defend himself. He did not. Why? Because he had perfect peace and he was doing exactly what mm -hmm. God had sent him to do. Mm -hmm. And he was fulfilling that promise that God had promised. And therefore, he was at great peace about it. And it didn't mean that the scourgings weren't going to happen. It didn't mean the nails weren't going to get thrust through their hands. Hurt. Or that they didn't hurt. Or yeah. that there wouldn't be a crown of thorns thrust on his head. All that stuff would happen. But it was the fact of that peace that was in his life that was, he was able to remain steadfast and sure. Even to the point of everything that he said. You know, and some people say, well, he still had weak moments because, you know, on the cross there, you know, he cries, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, but the truth is, is it wasn't just, it wasn't so much the cry of, God, where are you? Get me out of this mess. It was quoting scripture. It was quoting Old Testament prophecy right. is what he was doing to help people understand who he was. You know, the ability to do that when you're going through the nth amount of pain that you can possibly imagine, and you're still able to remain that secure, mm -hmm. can only come through the peace of God. You know, when, when we as uh, pastors are able to uh, just readily go into the hospitals and visit and things, and some of those have been closed off or not able to do it as readily as we used to, I used to be, and I'm telling you guys all a story, and this is actual story about me. I would go into the hospital and I'd go meet with some people in my church that, you know, they were dying. You know, the time on earth was about to end. And oftentimes I had some of them say, Pastor, will you sing with, with me? So I would sing, whether it be uh, Peace Like a River, or I would sing uh, even, even the little childish song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, or some little choruses. And on several occasions, <laughs> I would be holding the person's hand, and on several occasions, they would go home to glory while I was singing with them. So I had a lot of people in my church say, if pastor comes to the hospital, don't ask him to sing for you because you're going to die. You know? <laughs> now, that is not true, but on several occasions, why? Because as we were singing to them, and they were singing with me, what did it do? It gave them that great peace, that great comfort where they were able to let go and God was able to take them home. I remember doing that one time in a wonderful uh, elderly lady, Inez Moore, many, many years ago. I was sitting next to her, holding her hand, reading scripture to her. Her son was sitting here who was a non-believer at the time that I know of. And he said to me, he said, Pastor, my mother would like to have you sing to her. And I said, okay. So we just started singing some of the sweet little choruses that we know. And as I was singing, I had my eyes closed because I was just praying and singing at the same time. Uh, Craig came over to me, put his arm on my shoulder and said, she's gone. Hmm. You know, why? Because it just brought that peace. Why? You're quoting scripture mm -hmm. or you're singing scripture songs and that peace that flooded her, she was just able mm -hmm. to let go, and Jesus was able to take her. And I had that happen on numerous occasions, not mm -hmm. just one. So what happens? You get that great peace. Mm -hmm. You just get that sense of, you know, and, and, you know, and that's, that's what happens to us. Mm -hmm. even, even for us that, that are very much alive and so forth, you can, you can get that, that great peace, even mm -hmm. under the worst of circumstances. Well, next week, Tim, we're going to have to go with the rest of them because we mm -hmm. only got into three. We got six more to do. We'll do them next week. 
But, you know, I, I, once again, I, I really want to praise God that uh, Pastor Sharon was able to uh, have the vision to Amen. start this program back eight years ago, almost eight and a half years ago now, um, and, and just to see what God is doing and how mm -hmm. God has worked through it. Uh, I'm sure that, that, you know, Pastor Sharon was looking down and saying, keep on preaching the word, buddy. Keep yep. it. You know, one of the neat things, that, and it really was a thrill for me with Pastor Sherm, is this. When he came to work with me for those several years that he worked at our, at our church, he was so willing, even as an elderly man, seasoned pastor, was able to tell people, he's my pastor. Mm -hmm. This young man that, that I had the privilege of leading to Christ, he is now my pastor. Yeah. And, you know, there'll be beyond... You know, words, what that meant to me, wow. to know that I was his pastor who pastored me in so, you mm -hmm. know, for so many years. And that's a great, great thing. So we want to thank you so much for joining Heart Line Ministry. I hope this has been a help to you. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. Mm -hmm. Next week, we'll be looking at the last six fruit of the Spirit that is endowed in each of us who know Christ as Savior. We just need to apply them. Application is everything. I'm Pastor Harold Noyes, pastor of the Community Christian Church. We are located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. We have morning worship at 9.30 every Sunday morning. We have evening worship at 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. We have Bible study during the week. We have prayer meeting on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet with you. We'd love to see you. We'd love to have you become a part of this and to just join us in fellowshipping and worship. Christ. And if you're in the Charlestown area, Sunday mornings, 11 o'clock, we are meeting at the Abundant Life Center for just a couple of more weeks. Uh, but we are there at 276 Main Street, right there on Route 12. Starting September 19th of this year, we will be moving from that location to the Charlestown Senior Center at 233 Old Springfield Road. It'll still be the same time, 11 o'clock on Sundays. Uh, but we also have a time of uh, coffee and fellowship at 10 o'clock uh, to make sure the sermon doesn't make you go to sleep uh no that's not really coffee reason, gets you wired. But, but coffee is good um but you know encourage you to come and be a part of that as well so we can just fellowship together and maybe even pray together uh for any needs you might have we thank you for tuning into the program we ask that you do continue to get the word out about it um not just for their own benefit for sherm's benefit yeah. even you know and uh but share with people uh, that you're enjoying this program. Share the clips on your Facebook page, your other social media um, presences that you have. Uh, you can also find us on fact8.com or over on YouTube at, um, if you go to bit.ly slash Heartline Ministries, I'll take you to our YouTube page. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Heartline Ministries. You can find all the episodes of both those places. Get them out there, share them, leave comments. Uh, any questions too that you might have, anything you'd like to see us even begin to address during some of these times together, feel free to drop us a note there, uh, send us a Facebook message, whatever, uh, and we'll try to address those questions as well. So we want to thank you so much for joining us today on Heartline Ministry. Jesus.